Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is the match preview. Newcastle face West Brom up at St James's Park. Uh, the guys have, are back in training after quite a while away due to the COVID outbreak at the Benton base. And it's going to be interesting to see what team is fielded. I'm joined by John Gibson. Now, we're recording this before Steve Bruce's press conference. After our chat, you will hear from Steve Bruce because we're going to put the clips in um, on Friday afternoon. But I don't actually think John will get too much information on who was, who's had the, 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 uh, the virus, who's still self-isolating because it's all to do with, you know, medical confidentiality, which is fine. You know, that's the right thing to do. We'll probably only realise when the team sheet is announced. Sure. Um, and, and that's when we'll see who was missing. I guess the good thing or the positive thing is that Callum Wilson took to Instagram on Wednesday and, you know, said it's good to be back in training with the lads. So we assume he is fit and where to go, which I guess other than the goalkeeper, Caldolo, he's the one that we'd say, yes, look, you've always got a chance of winning when he is fitting in the team. Yeah, without the shadow of doubt. I mean, you, you look at the situation, Callum Wilson's got seven goals this season. We've only scored 12. And the second top goal scorer in the Premier League for us has got the grand total of one, um, shared by quite a, a few players plus own goal. Um, so as you rightly said the two players we can't afford to be out of the sides Callum Wilson and Darlow because Dubrovka is not fit so if he didn't play it would be a, a great risk with Gillespie who hasn't played in the Premier League um, so if we get them to win the rest of the players are much of a muchness and you know if one's missing another one comes in we suspect that the reason um, Isaac Hayden didn't play at Crystal Palace was he was one of the early ones with the coronavirus uh, symptoms um, so to me as long as we keep the goalkeeper in the centre forward it isn't too important how much the rest of the team is changed we must not use the excuse of the coronavirus pandemic for an adverse result against West Brom. They've got to be taken out regardless of the side we put it. Mm, it's going to be interesting to see the impact <clears throat> of no training for so long. I mean, so you're talking the Thursday before the Crystal Palace game was probably the last time they trained um, and it's all the way through to, to yesterday was when they, they reopened the training ground. So that's a long while. Um, was it 30, 13 days? It is, I think, by my calculation. It is. But, but you know, I'm a great believer But what I'm trying to do here, yeah, Andrew, is not set up excuses for anything going wrong. Now, no, you're not trying to do that. No, but, it's, but it's, there is going to be an impact, isn't it? Because they need to work on formation. Well, they need to, to work yes, on tactics. To, to a certain, well, if they don't know the tactics by now, God help us. <laughs> if they don't know what they're supposed to do, what they're supposed to do is defend as much as they can on the edge of their own penalty area and hope they get something on the break. I think we know the tactics have never once had possession above 50% this season. But I, I do take your point, and you are right that some a little bit of the cutting edge does go. But it's often the case, you know, that that once you've, if you've had a good pre-season and then you're playing regularly, you can come into a fortnight's international break and the guys that aren't away with their international teams are often given the thick end of a week off from, from training just to recuperate, to give your body a rest, to let injuries 
clear up, etc., etc., because you don't need the relentless day by day by day by day training if you've got enough in the tank. Yes, it will uh, affect them to a certain extent, but not to a great extent. And what we mustn't do with this game is get negative. The point with Newcastle United, and I'm talking about them themselves, not us, is that we have every excuse in the world. The opposition's too good, so we'll defend deep. Or if we take them on, we'll get slaughtered. Or we've had coronavirus, so it's going to be tough. We have got to be a bit more progressive than that. And West Brom represent a great opportunity to get three points because they, by the way, are woeful. Hmm. They've let they've let in 23 goals in the Premier League this season. That's the most of any club in the Premier League. Uh, they've leaked three goals in four occasions and against Everton and Palace, they were done for five. So they can't defend. And up front, they've scored eight goals in 11 games. That's all the second worst record in the Premier League. So what we know is that they can't defend and they can't score goals. So this is an opportunity which Newcastle can't afford to um, let slip by. It certainly is, and, and, and Slavin Village is under immense pressure. There's, oh. there's rumours that if he gets beat against Newcastle, that'll be curtains for him. But it would be peak Newcastle, and I hear to say it, we say it quite often, but you look at it as a fan and you just say... It would be typical Newcastle for West Brom to find their stride, get three points, do it comfortably. We said it all the way back when my United came to St James's Park a few months back. They'd been on a horrible run of form. Their worst start to a Premier League season ended up beating Newcastle 4-1. And then they've just slipped back into that cycle. You know, we've seen them eliminated from the Champions League, etc. And yet Newcastle kind of folded against them and it would be peak Newcastle to do the same against West Brom. But as you say, we can't afford them to because this is a team that they need to be beaten. Absolutely, absolutely. You're right in what you say. Uh, a couple of things I would say about that is Manchester United, despite the mess that they're in, have got two or three decent players who on any given day are capable of raising their game and getting the result. And they gifted us, if you remember, a goal in two minutes, mm. an own goal by Luke Shaw, and still slaughtered us for. Um, the thing that worries me is that we've set a trend, as you would know, this season, that every time we've had a good win, the next match we've got turned over. And off the top of our head, we won at West Ham on the first day, then got turned over at home to, to Brighton. And then... Um, it, it's gone on and on like that every time we've had a win and of course having beaten Crystal Palace you're then thinking it's going to this is the dip and we'll lose the next game and that was Aston Villa away and we might have lost at Aston Villa despite them being in shocking form but this is West Brom at home mm. now if Newcastle do not beat West Brom at home and Fulham in the next home game they've got Leeds in between of course then we're in trouble because that is six points if you're going to stay up West Brom and Fulham are so poor this season you beat them mate. that is how you stay you, you stay up and all things being equal I think Newcastle will beat West Brom but we can't what worries me is that Newcastle seem to go in negative so often we we I mean, 
we defend on the edge of it, you know, we play timidly. We, we, we almost sort of say, oh, we're scared of the opposition before we start. Well, we've got the corona, so, oh dear, we're going to be in trouble. It isn't a help, but shy Ben's getting out. You've got to go out there and have a go. In this side, leak goals and don't score goals, so they're not going to rip you to pieces, West Brom, mm. like Manchester United might just. These aren't going to rip you to pieces, so let's go out and do the job. And let's continue with what happened at Crystal Palace because at least at Crystal Palace we flattened out the back four and made it a four instead of five, got an extra body in midfield and two up top, which we still didn't have the possession stats we ought to have had, but it was the basis for a win. Let's keep that tactical formation and give ourselves a real chance build on, on the foundations that yeah. were laid and we've been there before where we've said brilliant performance good win and then we've we've not seen it built on um, just before I get your score prediction John we assume that it that there will be certain players missing so at least to fill out the squad you're probably looking at maybe Elliot Anderson getting a shout maybe a few others getting a nod just at least to, to fill the gaps on the bench I mean they might even start I mean we all know Elliot Anderson's um, really catching the eye of Steve Bruce has been training with the first team in many ways it's a good opportunity to bred them youngsters in because you know there was talk of them maybe getting a, a, a shot against Chelsea and, and with all due respect to, to be thrown in against Chelsea in the oh, form they're in ball, you know, it's, it's very different you've got to be a very very you've got to be a, a youngster who's already kind of ready made for that situation and, and not every youngster can do that and adapt to that situation but against West Brom low on confidence you would argue they've got a, a squad that isn't as good as Newcastle's you know that they'll be down you know um, and if the youngsters are given the chance what a perfect opportunity for them to seize it with both hands yes I think this is you're absolutely right if if kids are going to go in this is the match to go in you certainly don't want to go in against Chelsea or, or even Manchester United certainly not Man City or Liverpool um, because it's going to be a tough tough old ask this game would give you a chance to grow into it and do it well I think what Newcastle fans will be interested in in this game as well uh, um, providing he's playing will be Joe Linton because it, we know the season he's had uh, we know what happened at Crystal Palace uh, the good news with Joe Linton at Crystal Palace was he got stuck in for the full 90 minutes he never gave up uh, he was a presence up top mm -hmm. a physical presence at the shoulder of Wilson uh, he, he made a great assist on Wilson's goal the ball he, the ball he played around the corner for, for Wilson was terrific and he scored himself uh, the bad news was that he missed a bundle before he scored he missed a lot of goals uh, opportunities before he scored and a lot of people would suggest that his goal was in fact an own goal and if you look yes the shot was on target so he gets it but it was covered by the keeper and struck the defender and went in the other corner with the goalkeeper going this way went in the other corner but for that but for that hundred seconds where he made Wilson's goal and scored himself we'd be talking about another lot of missed I've chances got, but we want him to do well because we need him to do well um, <clears throat> I haven't gone overboard with him because his record remains three goals in almost 50 appearances in the Premier League we need him to prove once again that he can do the job 
and build on what happened at Crystal Palace. I've got to admit, I was I was a little bit I don't know if upset's the right word, but I was I was thinking about last season and sitting beside you in the press box and St James Park. We'd yeah. always have this bit of banter about oh this this week will be Joe Linton's week, and it did pop into my mind. I was thinking to myself, I really would have liked to have been at St James Park and Joe Linton to have grabbed a goal and set up Wilson. Alas, not to be, but maybe maybe next year. Yes, I think it, it might happen next year. <laughs> you mean Joe Linton scoring? I was getting into St James' well, yeah. Park. Both <laughs> probably. Um, I, I, honest, I don't want it, but I, it wasn't. It was an own goal, yeah. but it was on target. So, and I'm more than happy for him to have it because it might help the confidence. It's confidence. That's the key. That's oh, the key. And, and he might just, and we're clutching at straws here, but Jordy's do it. He might just have found his position. Wall knew it wasn't centre forward. It might be playing out wide, but playing as a 10, as a physical prop to Wilson, might just help him that little bit. But I'll go back to what I said. Thank goodness we've got Callum Wilson. He's got seven goals in nine appearances. Our next top goal scorer in the Premier League has got one. That tells you how important Callum Wilson is to us. And as much as Joe Linton looked like a poor signing, Wilson has looked like a magnificent signing. And this is a festive season coming up. Let's wish Joe Linton all the best. Let's wish that he is going to come out his shell and he is going to have a great second half of the season. I know pink pigs might fly past the window, but it might just happen. And you might just be sitting next to me, nudging me as he scores his seventh goal of the season uh, late next season, late in the new year, and I'll be quite happy to take <laughs> that. Fingers crossed. Give me your score prediction then for the West Brom game. I think, I think Newcastle have to win and I think Newcastle will win if they go about it the right way and they've got to go about it the right way I would think I'll go 2-0 Newcastle there we have it well ladies and gents thank you for listening in a brief moment you'll hear from Newcastle United head coach Steve Bruce Thanks to Gibbo for giving us his view on tomorrow's game. We're now going to hear from Lee Ryder, our chief sports writer, who spent Friday morning in Steve Bruce's press conference. This is Lee summing up of what was said and what's to come against West Brom. So it's very much a case of back to work for Newcastle United after last week's postponement and the closure of the training ground, which disrupted the season for Steve Bruce and his side, which was a bit of a shame, really, when you think of that, the momentum the opportunity for some momentum after beating Crystal Palace was there for them uh, away at Aston Villa, who were in, in different form themselves. So Newcastle, have, um, they've got their way back to the training ground. They've been training since Tuesday, so no problems on the preparation front. Uh, Steve Bruce held his press conference today, said there was a chunk of the squad missing, but you know we do believe that two-thirds of the side or the squad are, are available for Steve Bruce. So... That is a big, big plus. You look at the opportunity to get three points against a West Brom team who have been struggling. That's that's up for grabs as well. Um, but then you've got the the old trap that we sometimes can fall into with Newcastle United, and just when you think they're nailed on for three points, uh, they disappoint. And West Brom have got a bit of uh, bit of form on that score. They won up here two years ago in the Premier League 
when everyone thought it was going to be an easy win for Rafa Benitez's side. So a little bit of caution to, to a West Brom team who they have only won one game this year, but they've been very unfortunate in some games, uh, losing narrowly against Man United um, in the last minute against Tottenham the other week. And earlier in the season, if you remember, they flew into a 3-0 lead against Chelsea of all teams, but couldn't couldn't hold on, uh, end up getting a draw. So won't won't be as easy as we think, but hopefully Newcastle can get back on track and uh, make the perfect start really to a, a run of fixtures that is going to be very difficult going into the festive period. So there was Lee Ryder. There's plenty of speculation and rumours and guesswork on who out of the under-23s might appear in the first-team squad tomorrow. The under-23s face Stoke on Friday evening. The team sheet drops about 6 o'clock. We'll be bringing you live coverage of that via Lee Ryder uh, later on this evening. But there'll be plenty of eyes on that team sheet because if some of the under-23s' biggest names are missing, the likes of... Elliot Anderson or Yannick Toure or Joe White, then it's a fair bet that they might be involved, at least in the first team squad tomorrow. Plenty of uh, attention on Rodrigo Vilca, the little Peruvian who was brought in in the summer. Plenty of attention on him to see whether he might even be involved. So we want to watch out for. We're now going to hear from head coach Steve Bruce, who talks about the impact COVID has had on the Newcastle United team over the last two weeks. I have to say a big well done to the to all the medical people. Um, here at the training ground because um, it was it was incredible how it how it all developed, um, but their actions um, to shut us down and and not come back to the training ground. We we were away from the training ground since Crystal Palace since that Friday night. Thankfully, we've we're far better than where we were. For instance, last Monday, if he had told me last Monday or asked me, I wouldn't have thought maybe we would have got the game on again. But thankfully, since then, we've been able to reopen the training ground. Everybody's been tested twice since Monday and proved negative, which has meant that we've been able to open the training ground and train properly. At least we've been back to normal for the last two, three days. And, and we've got enough to pick 11 um, to hopefully win us the match. It's as simple as that. And of course, them being young and fit and pros, there's, there's a lot who are asymptomatic, you know, who it's just washed over. Um, but they've still got it, so it's it's that's the that's the difficulty of managing it, because you've got a lot of the players who've obviously got it, um, and and don't know they've got it. Mm. That is obviously the difficulty. It's a little bit more easier when they have symptoms, um, but a lot of the players in particular didn't have symptoms. But we have one or two who have been severely fatigued, and I think that is that is the big thing with with which which. which We've noted over the last few days that there's one or two who are um, who are back, but um, are, are fatigued with it. So that was head coach Steve Bruce, and the mention of players being fatigued is definitely interesting. We read in the news, don't we, about this long-lasting impact of COVID, long COVID, as they say, um, and it does leave you feeling tired and fatigued. So it's certainly going to be interesting to see who starts tomorrow, but maybe more importantly, who's on the bench, maybe a few players that you would expect to be in the starting lineup. We don't know who has suffered from COVID, as we mentioned earlier in the show. You know, the importance of medical confidentiality is up there. It's a priority, and it's, it's fair for the club not to release the names but we'll get a good insight tomorrow at about two o'clock when the team news is announced. But, you know, he mentions there they've got enough to put 11 out. It's, they're in a much better position than they were a week ago. And 
as Matt Ritchie said yesterday to to the club website, there's no excuses really. You know, West Brom are down. You know, they've got a poor run of form to deal with. Their manager um, is under pressure. So Newcastle really should come into this game looking to get all three points. It's really important that they beat the sides around them. And West Brom are one of the worst sides in the league. They are probably you know, one of their favourites to go down. So Newcastle cannot afford to drop points against these sort of sides if they want to achieve survival early on and maybe even look to break into that top 10. Mentioned there, Salvin Village of West Brom. He is under pressure. One win in the last five. They're, they're getting thumped week in, week out. Obviously, 10 men against Crystal Palace. They got beat 5-1 the week before. They got badly beaten off West Brom as well. And it seems to be in the second half, they just collapse. Um, so Newcastle will want to be taking advantage of that. We haven't got a clip of him, but the quotes in his pre-match press conference, he says uh, that he's expecting a very fit team. He's expecting Newcastle to be raring to go. And he wants a big response from his side, given the last few results. He also references the absence of Matthew Pereira, who of course has been suspended. He's West Brom's you know, most creative player. He's uh, most forward passes, most chances created for, for their team. So he was sent off against Crystal Palace and it's a big boost for Newcastle that he's missing because he's probably the one big threat that, um, you know, Steve Bruce would have looked to have kept quiet. So uh, good news that he's missing. And the fact really that Village has mentioned that shows how important the youngster is to West Brom's team. But of course, there's other players like Sam Gallagher who we've got to watch out for as well. Um, but on a whole, you know, it's a big game for Billage and there's a lot of pressure on him. Rumours that if he gets beaten, he'll be out of a job. So Newcastle really coming into this game, I would say favourites, even though they've had the disruption of the last couple of weeks. You know, we had look, it looks like Callum Wilson will be fit to go, Joe Linton as well. So there's enough big names with big talent in that Newcastle United squad to get the better of this West Brom uh, team. Fingers crossed they do. We'll bring you the game live on Chronicle Live, 2pm for the team news, 3pm kickoff. Um, it'd be lovely if you can join us. <laughs> 